Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, that we are a peculiar people. Lord, that show forth the praises of him that's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, that your word sets us free today as we put it into practice. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Turn in your Bible this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. And let's look in verse number 3. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, that's the biggest thing where our warfare is. The, the biggest warfare in battlefield is the mind. The biggest battles have not taken place on soil. It's taking place between people's ears. So he says, we are not walking in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. So last week we began to see that we're in the warfare, but the battle has already been won. Jesus defeated the devil. The devil is a defeated foe. 1 Timothy 6.12 that we quoted a few moments ago says this, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you have, are called and you have professed or confessed a good confession. So as a believer, we have to lay hold of things. You know, you can't just say, well, just kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. And just hope it's going to fall on you. Like, like you're like some glue, like, like flypaper. <laughs> no, you have to be like the woman with the issue of blood and said, you know what? I could get in trouble for doing this, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Because she had heard of Jesus, said she came in the press behind. If I can only just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Amen. You know, she actually did four things, that lady. She said it. If I may touch. But the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Number two, she received it. Amen. Well, she did it. Number two, she did it. So she, she said it, and then she did it. Then she received it to her body, and she felt in her own body that she was made whole. And then she went and told it. Amen. Testimony. Hallelujah. So you have to be Tenacious. So we began the, last week talking about the weapons of our warfare. And, and don't get, oh man, I'm in, I'm in a war and in a warfare. Realize this, the enemy is defeated. And as we said last week, the biggest warfare is between your, in, your, in your mind. And so the biggest thing you have to do is renew your mind on a daily basis to what belongs to you. And so it's not enough just to know that you have weapons. You know, people can have the best weapons, but if you don't know how to use them, you know, it's just like you go out there and you don't even have bullets. You don't even have ammunition. Hey, I got a gun, though. 
well, I hope you're not needing to go into warfare. The same thing. This word is our warfare. It's our ammunition. The Bible talks about the, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so last week we began talking about, number one, the Word of God is a, a, our first and greatest weapon. Having an understanding of who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ. So why are all these weapons given? Ephesians 6 tells us why. That, that you may stand against all the wiles, all the trickery of the devil. He says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The, the, the fact that I'm right with God, what does that do? It protects my heart. It protects my inner man. When the enemy tries to come against me and say that you're weak, you're, you're unworthy. You, you, you know, you're not even right with God. You, look how you missed it. I put on, I have that breastplate on. It's holding everything and it's protecting my heart. What's my heart? It's my inward man. So it, it's, that truth protects me. Then the gospel of peace. My, my shoes are the gospel of peace. Where I, where I go, not these literal shoes, but, but I make them so. Amen. To where it's not going to, to commit evil, but going to preach the gospel. And then he says this, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you can quench most of the fiery darts of the wicked. All. Everyone say A-L-L. -L. A-L-L. -L. <laughs> All of the fiery darts of the wicked. See, that, that encourages me. All the fiery darts of the wicked. Just like the Bible says in Jude chapter, or one chapter, verse 24. Now to him that is able to keep me from falling. See, some people think, well, you know, I hope I can do good. I hope I can. I See, I'm trusting in the Lord to keep me. Now, there's things that I have to do. The Bible says to keep your body under. The Bible says to renew your mind. So there's certain things that I have to do. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Having therefore these promises, dear beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So there's something that I have to do. I have to keep myself from evil. So it's not just, well, Lord, you just keep me. I have to do something. And I have to be very diligent in that. So we said that the number one weapon God has given us is the Word of God. Jesus said, it is written. So true spiritual warfare deals with what? Controlling one's thought life and bringing their body into subjection. And I made this statement, if you'll do that, 95% of spiritual warfare will be taken care of. Because I've known people that every... Every Sunday was a warfare. It, it was a warfare, and I'm, I'm fighting this, I'm fighting this, and there's just there, there's a stronghold over the service this morning, and there's this and that. But it was just in their mind. And, and so, true spiritual warfare, you know, because in years gone by, you know what people did? They would, in the name of spiritual warfare, they would get up in helicopters and go to the top of the skyscrapers and try to pull down spirits. And, and you know, hey, you know, we have, we have all these in the heavenlies. We have to deal with these spirits. We have to pull them down. But notice what he says. He says that 
they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What's the next word? Casting down imaginations. So all the, the spiritual warfare, there are people, yes, there are spirits out here. There are spirits we wrestle against. We're not saying there is not. To deny that is just to put your head in the sand. So, but what we're emphasizing is this. If you'll deal with the thoughts, it's like one preacher, he was riding down the road and he saw a sign that said the beast in us or the beast in me. And he, was, he made a sermon out of that. Well, the beast can be the flesh. But thank God that, that God has given us the authority. He's given us the power through the word of God to crucify the flesh, Amen. to crucify the cravings. You know, the, the, the body has certain cravings that are not good. How many would say, yes, that's true? So that's why the Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 5, mortify, <laughs> mortify your members upon the earth. See, these, these hands, these eyes, these things that the, the body that has certain desires that are not of God, what do you do? Do you just throw up your hands and say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, be defeated until Jesus comes back? No, you say, I am free in Jesus' name. And he gives me the power to live free. Hallelujah. And so verse 3, he says, we do not war after the flesh. It's the word that defeats every thought in our life as we take those thoughts captive. And so I heard this statement years ago, and it's, it's always stuck with me. Thinking faith thoughts. Now, when I say faith thoughts, what does that mean? Faith thoughts are thoughts that God says in his word. What God says about me, that's who I am. I agree with the word. Everything the word says, whether I feel like it or not, if it says I'm rich, but I look like I'm broke, what do I say? I call those things that be not. As though they were. That's walking in faith. Now, it doesn't mean I go spend money I don't have. Amen. You might get a visit from um, collections or something. But it means that, that you use your faith and you call those things that be not. I may not look like it, but I say I'm healed. I may not look like it, but I say I'm righteous. You know, God walks by faith. He calls us his children. Amen. <laughs> Somebody didn't like that. But thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith-filled words leads the heart out of defeat into victory. So if you want victory in life, what do you need? Just, just think what the Word says. Get God's Word to cover any area of your life. Find that Word. Get it to cover your area. That specific area. It's going to cover that specific area. See, I can't say it. And it covers your case. And you speak it out of your mouth. What's it going to do? It's going to lead your heart out of defeat into victory. Hallelujah. So I want to go on this morning talking about using the weapons of my warfare. Part two. Using the weapons of my warfare. So number one was the word of God. Number two this is so powerful. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. What do I use in my warfare? We use the name. Now, you know, the name stands for everything that the person is. You know, a lot of times people, especially when they're growing up, people, um, 
emphasize, you know, about your family name and how important it is. You know, your family name is not as important as your, as your kingdom name, that you're born again. But, but people emphasize that, you know. It's, it's just like this. Your word is your bond. Your word represents who you are. But here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 22.1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Why? Because if they think, oh, that bed soul guy, uh, you better watch him. See, that's not having a good name. Or if they say, you know, that, that Melvin guy, you know, he's a good guy. And, you know, he's, he's a faithful guy. See, that's having a good name. Why? Because when you think of the name, you think of the person. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. So a good name is a powerful asset. And Jesus' name, the name of Jesus, is the most powerful name in the whole universe. In heaven, in earth, and under the earth. What does Philippians 2 tell us? That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Going through all of history, that means Hitler, Mussolini. Every person is going to bow. Even Satan himself. He's going to bow before and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But you know, then it's going to be too late. They, they won't be redeemed. But they're still going to... But as, as I've heard people say before, wise men bow before Jesus now. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's where it matters. You bow before him now in this life. So we've been given authority to use the name of Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 13. You can write this down. John 14, 13 says this, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but a lot, a lot of people are familiar with John 16, where it says this, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, ask the Father in my name, that will he give you. That is prayer. But this verse in chapter 14 of John is not prayer. You know why? Because look at the language. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Many translations bring this out. Whatsoever you shall, where it says ask, demand. Whatsoever you shall demand in my name, that will I do. How many know that's not prayer? There's many times people are praying and they should be saying, Oh God, please do this, do this. No, you, you stand up and say, In the mighty name of Jesus, stop. No more, quit in Jesus' name. Devil, get back. No more. You're not coming any further. That's not prayer. <laughs> That's using the name of Jesus in, in authority. So he says, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 20, verse 31. But these are written. Now, he, what he's talking about is the whole book of John. What was the whole purpose of the book of John? He tells us here in 2031. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. 
There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Demons are afraid of that name. That's why people are so nonchalant with it. They just say Jesus for anything. You know, you've never seen anybody hit their hand with a hammer and just say, ah, ah, Buddha, ah, Confucius. What do they say? They say Jesus. Because Satan knows that and he tries to get people to make it just so common. It's like our pastor said he was in a place one time and, and somebody just said, Jesus Christ, and they were, they were upset. He, he looked at them and said, you, so you know him? Oh, he's my, he's my best friend. He's, he's my Lord. And, of course, they were like, um, no. Because <laughs> they just, they were using it just in, in, in agony and just, you know, just like agony. And just using it to, to bring down the name of Jesus instead of lifting it up. But we have the power of attorney through the name of Jesus. I want you to turn over to Mark chapter 16. Now, how many know what the power of attorney? What does that do? It gives you the right, or, you know, it's say that's you giving it. You're giving someone the right to sign your name, to do certain transactions through that name. We've been given a name. We've been actually given a blank check. And signed at the bottom is Jesus, Son of God, King of kings, Lord of lords. And a lot of people thinking they're being humble said, okay, Lord, I'll just put $5 in there, you know, because I really want to be humble. When, when everything we need, we can fill it out. What is it you need? You use the name of Jesus. Mark 16, what we say and call the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall what? Follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. But look at in verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And I don't think you would do any disservice to the scripture where you see that semicolon where he says this, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. See, it's about believing in his name. What do you believe? These signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? You believe in his name. See, the early church believed in the name of Jesus. And it was such a, such a problem to the religious leaders. What did they forbid them to do? You, it wasn't just you can't preach. It said you cannot preach anymore in this name. <coughs> they knew the power that was in the name of Jesus and the results 
that were happening. All they knew is they crucified him some year, you know, some time before. And now all these things are happening in his name. It's like, oh man, we, we thought we killed him, but here he is again. And that's because of using the name. Can you say amen? So what he says, them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. Everyone say cast out devils. Now, you think we have less devils now or more? <laughs> so here's another way you could say it as well. In my name, you shall exercise authority over the enemy. You shall exercise authority over the enemy. <clears throat> they shall speak with new tongues. See, that's part of believing in the name of Jesus. What's going to happen? I'm going to speak in another tongue. Speaking uh, in the spirit. I'm going to take up serpents. That doesn't mean I'm going to handle rattlesnakes. Serpents and scorpions are, typify the, the work of the enemy. Look at Luke 10 verse 19. It says this, that you shall tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So what's he mean? Serpents and scorpions. He means all the power of the enemy. So I'm not going to you know, be on a TV show where I'm out, you know, out of Kentucky or West Virginia and I'm handling snakes and, you know, they keep one in the fridge so he's a little bit slower and stuff. I mean, we watched that when we first moved to North Dakota and watched this program. And then you see, like, one of the guys, he died because he didn't, you know, receive medical attention because, you know, if it's the will of God, well, unless you pray, you're going down real quick. <laughs> Amen. The will of God is you not even do something that dumb. And then secondly, you better start praying and claiming immunity. So he, that's not what he's talking about. But what's he talking about? Now, you, you could be like Paul, though. Paul on the island, the island of Melita was at Acts chapter 27, 28. Now, if he just went through shipwreck. I mean, if he didn't have enough trouble going on, then he went through shipwreck. Then the Bible said that he gathered these sticks and this viper grabbed a hold of him. And he just shook it off in the name of Jesus. So if, you're, if you accidentally get bit, then you claim immunity just like Paul did. So much so that they looked at him and they said, you know what? Even though he, he, he got past shipwreck, it's not meant for him to live. And then he shakes it off and then they say he's a God. How much public sentiment can change? <laughs> so the name of Jesus, we've been commissioned to use that name. Use that name in prayer. Use that name in authority. Turn over to Luke, I mean, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And after he left, the Bible said he sent the Holy Ghost and, and we were baptized. When you believe, baptized in the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. But he didn't just leave us. Now, thank God for being filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the power of God. But we also have the name of Jesus that goes with that power. Now, this is the early church. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. 
And let me say this, the early church is not different than the church we are. We're the same church. So the same miracles we should be doing. They went at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive. See, that's what you, you come to church expecting. You, when, when the preacher says something, when, when the, the praise and worship leader is singing, you, you come expecting. He was expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. As I said, he left his wallet at home that day. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name, so, so he had something though, didn't he? He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He had the power of attorney. He had the name. They used the name. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. See, when, when people get touched, you don't have to tell them how to act. I mean, Vaughn put his, his hand in the socket over there with a, you know, some, some metal. You wouldn't have to tell him to shout. <clears throat> so here, this man, he got touched. What did he do? Walking and leaping and praising God before the religious leaders could get to him. And they all, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch. You know, it's funny when you read a scripture, that's the first time I've ever seen that. <laughs> As the layman which was healed, he held Peter and John. So what was he doing? He came over and held him. He was, I can imagine he's just jumping up and down with them, just holding on to him. And it says, all the people ran together in, them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. <clears throat> now, how many know this wasn't about Peter and John? It wasn't about what they did. Look in verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look so earnestly on us as though by our own power of holiness we have made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. I like how Peter just throws that in there, you know. Hey, you denied him and it was your fault. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof you or we are witnesses. Verse 16. And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. 
And he goes on to tell them what to do. He tells them to repent. And so he says, his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. So God gets all the glory for every new birth, for every healing. And the name of Jesus is the key that unlocks everything that we need. It unlocks heaven and it belongs to every believer. Now I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 19. So we said this, the name of Jesus is the key that unlocks heaven. It belongs to every believer. But, you know, the Bible tells us of an example of someone who did not have the right to that name. Why? Because they weren't born again. And you'll, you'll quickly see what we're saying here. Acts 19, verse 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you, you know, talking to the spirits, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So, you know, here they say, oh man, he's getting some great things happening. There's some great success. Hey, let's, let's, let's get some of those demon-possessed people over here. So they grab these people that are possessed by devils, and he says, hey, speaking to the spirits, we adjure you and command you by the Jesus and then they threw this in there, whom Paul preaches. It was no revelation to them. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. I mean, here's a man, he's the associate pastor. He's the pastor of the church. Now He's a chief, chief of the priests. <clears throat> His seven boys did this. And it says, and the evil spirit answered and said... Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? That was a demon using their voice and spoke up. We, we command you to come out by, who, by Jesus by whom Paul preaches. He just, you know, just speaks out, Jesus I know, and Paul I'm getting to know about, but who are you? And it said that he leaped on them. All seven of them tore their clothes off and they went home wounded and naked. <laughs> he says he overcame them. They, they, fleed, they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. There we see it. The name. The name. If you keep reading, look, he says, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together, burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So we see that that happens because of the word of God prevailing, but it became because of the name of Jesus. It came because of that name. Hallelujah. So you and I will go in that name. We go bringing good news, glad tidings of great joy. Remember what Solomon said, Proverbs that we read. Favor is better than silver and gold. When we go in the name of Jesus, we have his favor, which is everything we need. You know, if I could just have the favor of God on my life, everything else will fall into place. 
a prayer that I prayed is this. Lord, I thank you that your favor opens doors for me. And it shuts doors. Or is it no well? It opens doors that no man can shut. And it shuts doors that no man can open. You know, when I come up to something, I don't just say, well, that looks like a closed door. You pray and say, Lord, am I supposed to go through this? Yes, you're supposed to go through that. Then I don't care if it has four padlocks. Then you go through it. If it's just an open door, well, you know, definitely that, that's got to be God. Don't be led by opportunities. Well, you know, it sure looks like I should do this because, you know, I could do this at this moment in my life. doesn't mean you should do it. You pray, and even if it looks like it's wide open, Lord, should I go through this open door? Should I go through this area here? And that's why you have to know the will of God, because when you do get resistance, the first thing people say is, oh, I probably shouldn't have done it. If Paul would have had that kind of logic, he would have never done anything. Do you remember one time Paul got into trouble, and these, these guys came up to him and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. Such shall the man, and, and Agabus came over there too. In fact, Agabus was a prophet. He put his hands around his, his uh, belt. He said, so shall the man it, that owns this belt, this is going to happen in Jerusalem. You know what the people did? They put their own interpretation on it. They said, Paul, don't go. Paul finally looked at them and said, why mean you to break my heart? I'm, I'm not only willing to to go to Jerusalem, but to die for him. And then here's what they said. Well, the will of the Lord be done. See, they weren't even sure that it was the will of God or not. They just knew he was going to get in trouble. So Paul, don't be going getting into trouble. So it's probably not the will of God you go. But Paul said, no. He, he said, the, the Holy Ghost witnesses to me every place that I go, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. So no matter where I'm going, there's, Paul said, I'm troubled on every side. <laughs> on the left, the right, the front, the back. But just because you're troubled doesn't mean that you're not going to win. He says, we're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. One translation says, I'm not, I'm not, not, uh, he says, I'm knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Who's ever been knocked down in life? Well, you just get back up. (laughs) Amen. Even in a good fight, you get knocked down, you get up and you get up quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. So turn over to um, John 16. I referred to this earlier. John 16. Now this is what you and I, we have the privilege to use his name in prayer. John 16, and look in verse 23. He says, and in that day, everyone say today. Today. So what he's talking about is our day that we're living in. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So this is the number one foundation for prayer. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. I don't pray to Jesus. I don't pray for Jesus' sake. It's for my sake. You ever heard people say that though? Okay, we just pray it for Jesus' sake. It's, Jesus doesn't need the provision. I need the provision. It's for Will's sake. 
But it's in Jesus' name that I pray. <clears throat> he says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Now, since we were talking about Wigglesworth earlier, I'll give you this illustration. He was a plumber by trade before he was in the ministry. And anyway, he, um, but he got born again. And he was working in someone's house. And um, this lady, the lady of the house, she just kept coming in and just looking at him and then going out. She came in. Finally, she just shut the door. It was just him and, and her in there. She says, may I ask you a question? He said, what? Come on. That joy that you have on your face all this time that you've been working. He says, well, I'll tell you. Just this morning, our children were sick. And he said, he quoted this verse and said, ask that you may receive, that your joy may be full. And he said, we prayed over the children, laid hands on them. They got healed. He said, now my joy is full. He said, can I have that? She said, can I have that joy? Yeah, and so he led her to the Lord, and then he said, here's the key. If you want to keep it, you have to give it away. He says, so give that joy to other people every day. Hallelujah. So that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to ask the Father in the name of Jesus, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. So pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And so that means that I have the right to talk to the Father. You know, many groups talk about Jesus only, but I can't see that support in Scripture because there's the Father, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. And I have the right. The Bible says it's the Father's good pleasure. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. To me, he's not God, he's Father. To the religious, he's God. God. But to me, he's father. For some people, <clears throat> I went to Bible school with this girl, and she always said, Daddy, oh God. But I don't use those phrases. If you want to say Daddy or whatever, and that, that's, that's what Abba, Father, like Dad. But I, mean, I don't go too far to the other extreme, you know, where I'm just so complacent or, or just so flippant. You know, it's not just another day at Jehovah World, you know, where you just, you know, it's like a, a theme park. There is a, a holiness and a, and a fear of God, but there's a love for God that I have as well. But he says here that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God Almighty takes pleasure in my life. What does, what does uh, Psalm, what's that, 35, 27? Talks about that he takes delight, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Well, what about if you're broke? God still loves me, but he takes pleasure when I'm doing good. He takes pleasure when, when all of my bills are, are paid and I'm being a blessing to other people. I want to give God more pleasure in that way. I want, I want him to be more pleased. Lord, just make, be more pleased in my life. By, by making me a blessing to other people, that, that I will be blessed. I know it sounds, it sounds selfish to a lot of people, but how, how are you going to be what God calls you to be if you don't have plenty? Hallelujah. So we have a weapon today against the devil 
that never fails. It's the name of Jesus. You know, weapons in the natural can fail. Right? If there's a, you know, you get jammed. I mean, I've shot many. Seems like, I don't know, seems like 22s are real bad in that area. You know, it just, it's like, oh, what happened there? You know, and it just, you shoot two times and then it, it jammed again. Well, that may happen in the natural, but the name of Jesus is not going to, it's not going to fail mid-stride. In the name of Jesus, and it goes, and the name goes to that devil, and then it just turns and goes the other way. Oh, no. This name will never fail. Hallelujah. Just skip down, or, or right where we left off, verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, verse 25. But the time comes when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly in the Father. And that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. You know, Jesus, go talk to the Father. No, he says, for the Father himself loveth you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So the Father hears us. Say this, God hears me personally. So that means I don't have to say, I don't have to go, there's nothing wrong with it, but you don't have to just go to the prayer tower. You don't have to go to the prayer chain. You don't have to go to the, well, you know, just put in a good word for me. People say, put in a good word for, for the man upstairs. Well, first of all, he's not a man, the Bible says. Put in your own good word. Hey, man, you can talk to God yourself. I can talk to him personally. I have a, a living communion with him. That's why John 15, 7 says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. I'm going to ask and ask largely. Thank you, Lord. So say this with me. The Father himself, the Father himself loves, me. loves me. Hallelujah. So we're going to use the name of Jesus as a weapon. Now, how many, how many have known people that we use this phrase being a name dropper? Now, you know, I use different names and to, to illustrate a point. But, you know, I don't say, well, you know, I was just with uh, Brother So-and-So this week and I wasn't. Or, you know, I know this one, I know this one, uh, you know, I, I know this person. People name drop. But it's okay to name drop the name of Jesus. Amen. Because that name belongs to me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I told you one time. Pastor John Osteen was invited to a secular event and they told him, Brother Osteen, I want you to pray over the meal, but you're going to offend people if you use the name of Jesus from different faiths. He didn't say, well, you know, I can't do that. He said, okay. Especially if you know him. He said, okay. So he got up there and said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this meal. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the fork. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the knife. and the... He, they he thanked every the, the placemats and the and the cloth and the table and everything in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> so that's just the way he was. <clears throat> but I'm gonna drop the name of Jesus and the King of He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So when you and I get into trouble, that's the first name I'm gonna drop. The name of Jesus. In fact, if you don't know what to do, just say, Jesus! I was just telling Miss Sharon the other day, there was a time when 
a deer decided to run in the side of my car. And I don't know why, but the only thing that came out of my mouth was this. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the only thing I knew to say. <laughs> and boom, it hit me on the side. And, and the deer kicked out the back window. The only thing I did is I didn't want to look and turn around because I didn't want the thing to be in my back seat. I don't know what I would have done then. <laughs> Probably stopped and run, you know. <clears throat> no, I wouldn't have done that. But I wasn't going to wrestle the deer either. <laughs> What was I saying when I brought that up? <laughs> Use the name of Jesus. So you call on the name of Jesus. You know, you know, the Bible talks about in Psalm 91, he shall cover me with his feathers. How many know that verse? I heard a, a testimony of someone. They were in this wreck and they were just about to have impact. And the only thing they said that came out of their mouth, feathers. And the Lord protected them. Amen. So they just cried out and said feathers. I mean, so whatever you, whatever comes out of you. Hallelujah. Acts 4 verse 12 says this. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So that's why we said the devil knows the power of that name and people swear and use that name in, in vulgarity. So the name tonight and this morning has power over sin, sickness, disease, poverty, demons, death, and everything that hell has to offer. And the name works anytime and anywhere. So when fiery darts come, use the name of Jesus. Use the name of Jesus. And here's the, one of the greatest things that you need to know about warfare it can never be silent warfare. You can tell when people are in silent warfare. It's just like the darts are going, they're going, they're getting hit. Boom, boom. They're just getting hit with another one. Boom. And, but they're not speaking. They're not using the name. And you don't beat thoughts with more thoughts. You don't beat thoughts with more thoughts. You beat them with words. How many of you remember what happened in, with Joshua chapter 1? See, this, this will really help you in your, in your life when it comes to thoughts. What did Joshua say? This book of the law shall not what? Depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there in day and night. Notice he didn't say, this book of the law shall not leave your mind, but you'll still, you shall speak it. He said, no, it shall not leave your mouth, but then you, you shall meditate. So the, what comes first? People say, well, you know, if I can just change my thoughts, I can change your mouth, my, my mouth. Backwards. If I can change my mouth, I can change my mind. If I control my thought, my words... Why? Because there's this battle, these, these thoughts that are coming. I'm not just going to take it up the side of the head. I'm going to say, no, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm born again. I'm washed in the blood of Christ. And when the enemy tries to condemn me over something, no, I'm washed in the blood. You know, if my mind's not renewed, I'll say, yeah, I did it. And then I start feeling bad and then I feel guilty and I feel... And you know the thing that people do? They get into sin consciousness 
and they never get into that righteousness consciousness and they agree with the enemy, here's what that does. It leads people into the fact that think, well, I can't get over the condemnation, so I might as well just keep doing it. But when you realize you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, you, you realize that I've been forgiven and cleansed, even when the devil tries to come with all his charades, what do I do? I just say, no, that's not who I am. Now, people will try to remind you. You go to a family reunion. I know what you did 20 years ago. Well, I don't. I'm sorry. That man died. Hallelujah. So say this with me. I have the name of Jesus. It is a weapon that I have in my warfare to use in circumstances against the devil to live free to his glory. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.